0: Hello, and welcome to the Loft Gathering Podcast. We are excited to welcome you to our authority series. We will be talking about the contents of our mind, mouth, attitude, and life actions, and how these are the staples to further understand our authority in God's kingdom. Get ready to have your thinking challenged and your faith turned up. Here's Lisa. So, this morning, as we get started in our our authority series, when you talk about authority in and of itself, I mean, I think captains and armies and soldiers and generals and marching orders and things to accomplish, I think your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and help me lead the charge. And so we have an opponent, we have an enemy of our souls and it's the devil, Satan. And we're going to talk about him in church this morning, unafraid, unashamed, unashamed, without fear, and we're going to look at the wiles of the devil that try to destroy us, and then the whole of what we believe about our authority will cause us to bring his hoary head right down by the authority of Jesus Christ on our lives, not by our own power, not by our might, but by his spirit, because there's something beautiful about a people that comes together faithfully, continuously speaking his name constantly seeking what god might might say and do in a room like this constantly taking that what what you get filled up with when you're worshiping him it's his glory that's what you get filled up with in case you didn't know why does it only last a couple days you don't even think twice about eating you know there's sometimes you have got to gotta feed this thing two three times a day I, i'm like this thing is hungry again you know i gotta feed this thing again but you don't, think, you don't think about it because it ran out of fuel, so you got to go refuel. But your spirit, how much hungrier is that? And so you can make it through Tuesday. Somebody said that to me the other day. Oh, my worship gets me through about Tuesday. That anointing gets me through Tuesday. Well, go again. Just step right up to the table and dine. Fresh bread from heaven, wine from the kingdom. Spiritually speaking, to feed us that we can move and live and have our being and authority for the kingdom of God. Okay. I like it. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with, a, with just this thought. I, I was reading some, you know, post and some kind of, not podcast, but listening to podcasts and reading people's posts that I follow continually that are usually upbeat, positive people, And this week, some of the notes said things like, I notice around the room and around the world, really, that people are a little intense, more than usual, more than they have been. People are a little bit shaken, maybe afraid, maybe sad. And we're just looking around at the countenance of men and women around the world, and people have this this feeling of, you know, maybe I'll just give up, maybe I'll just quit. And this was written on Christine Kane's page. And if you follow her, you know, she's always like, and God is for you and God is with you and you cannot fail and his kingdom is in you and rise up and all this kind of stuff. And and this was something she posted on her Propel Women's page. And that made me go, wow, you know, uh, for someone like her to share that sometimes I actually feel down in my faith. We usually don't proclaim it or broadcast it because we're trying to speak life and speak positive things as leaders in the kingdom, but every once in a while, it helps if we just say, I get you, you know, I know what you're going through, and and if I don't know exactly, I I can relate for things that I go through in my own life, and sometimes we're tired, and whether we recognize it or not, our world has just come through a pandemic, and we're on the other side, thank God. You know, my daughter that travels all the time just told me she's not having to wear a mask in the airport anymore. She's like, I can breathe, you know, and it's and that's opened up, and we're we're glad. But whatever our opinions, politically or otherwise, on that, people gathered fear during that time, and we are ministers of peace and hope. So so even some of us gathered fear and and weren't sure how to conduct and how to continue living through a time like that. Well, we're going to lead people out of a time from that now. And how do we do that? We're going we're gonna to stay close as we can to the Spirit of God and listen to what he's trying to impart, and we're going to look at the schemes of the devil. In our, our daily reading, we're reading the New Testament as a church. You can get in on that if you want to. We're finished with one quarter. But this morning's reading had a scripture where Jesus says to Peter, Peter, Satan has requested to sift you like wheat but I've prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. And I was like, wow, God, right this morning, right? when we I going ready to talk about all this stuff? And I know there's been times in my life, not that I'm, I don't think of myself as anything great. I don't. I think of myself as the least of my brothers. I really do. So to stand here and talk like this is like an honor to me. It's a privilege. It's the call of God. And so we don't shrink back from it. He didn't tell me to do anything else. So I'm going to do what he told me until he tells me to do something else. If he never tells me to do anything else, this is what I'm going to do. So don't back down from, from what things look like or fear or anything like that, you know. But I know there's been times when my name has come across the lips of the enemy. Can I just sift her like wheat? But I know that Jesus prays for me. And I looked up Jesus' prayer. You know what he prayed? Father, make them one. Like you and I are one. And Father, let your glory be seen in the fact that they love each other. That's powerful. That's where we live. Those are the days that we we're born into. We are born today for such a time as this. Think about the times of history, things that have come and gone. Think about the periods of time. You know, I'm, I like period films. I'm a girl. I love it. Sense and Sensibility. Put Emma on all day long. My husband's like, my husband is like, die a slow and painful death while that's on. But I love it. Pride and Prejudice. All the all the costumes and all the things they wear. Those tiny little corsets. You know, but you think along with that, you know, I think I, I should have been lived in those days, but no, I should live today while I'm alive and while I'm appointed to be on this earth. The people that I know, God set that up. The people that are in my family, God placed me there. He puts the solitary in family. Everywhere that I go, plan of God, purpose of God. I happen to be one of those kind of people that I don't want to die with my greatest secret on the inside. I want everybody to know about him. So He's the transformer. He is the Savior. He is the King, and he lives in me. And so when I meet people, I feel like it would be amiss if I didn't find a way to get that in to the conversation. So does the enemy want to sift like wheat? Yes. Do you think things are difficult in life? Sometimes. If your name has been brought before God, that's a good thing. It means you're living right. This life is a vapor, and you can do it. You can survive. Would you stand up with me for reading the word? We're going to go to Luke 10. Luke 10. I love this message. I really do. I love the absence of fear in my life. I just love it. Jesus said to his disciples, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me, and anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. Anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me, and then he sent them out. Sent them out with the message the Messiah has come. Repent, kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Please put yourself in that scene. And they're all coming back to camp. Lord, the demons even obeyed when we we said your name. Okay, there's a lot of excitement. And Jesus goes, yes, I know. I knew you were going to see that. Listen, he says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. At that time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit and he said, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things. What things? That we can see that there's a heaven and a hell and there's a spiritual realm all around. Thank you that you've hidden those things from those who think themselves wise and clever. And you revealed them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Did you know that Jesus has chosen to reveal him to you? Amen. And when they were alone, Jesus turned to the disciples. He said, blessed are the eyes that see what you have seen. I tell you, many prophets and kings have longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. You can sit down. So I'm a firm believer and a firm, firmly experienced in the supernatural world. There's this world that you can see, and then there's a parallel universe all around you that goes on, where the enemies of, of God try to battle against and make war against God by getting at you. It's interesting. You're like, well, what do I have to play? Am I a pawn then? Am I a pawn in this game? No. You're made just like a little bit, a little bit less than the beings of heaven. Meant God has his eye on you. God's love and joy and delight surround you. His heart is for you. It's for me. And every enemy in hell that will never see the glory of God like that again is afraid of you, afraid of what you could become. And in complete and utter jealous rage, of the fact that you might actually be with and see God one day like they never will again, okay? If you can think lofty for a couple of minutes about your enemy, the devil that roams around. So Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Jesus is sitting with the disciples, but he's remembering something that he saw in the past. And so where did he see that? If not in the throne room of heaven before he ever came here as the son of man. And so I just happened to look up what lightning flashes how fast they move. And it's 270,000 miles per hour. It's how fast Satan fell. If, if Satan, who used to be called Lucifer, the, the morning star, you know, the minister at the throne room of heaven, if he can fall that fast, how fast could you fall? It's time to gird it up. Gird up our loins. Put on that belt of truth. It's time to live our lives as clean and clear as we possibly can before the one who made us. I don't want to fall like lightning. I have fallen a lot of times. But I always come back to grace and mercy and pull myself back up again. God pulls me back up again. 270,000 miles per hour is the speed of light. That's amazing. Here we go. You know what's funny? Just on the side, when I'm praying alongside this message, I'm like, Lord, no one cares. That's what I say when, I, when I'm practicing this little speech. I'm like, nobody cares, Lord. You know, it feels like that. It feels like nobody cares today. You know, I keep serving, keep, keep teaching, keep pouring it out, but nobody, nobody really cares, you know. And, and he was like, I care. Bless you. I care. And as soon as he said that, I was like, I care too. You know, and I just had, had a little moment. I care. That's my prayer. What is this thing that has glazed our hearts and our minds? Let it come down. Oh, valley. Be raised up and mountain be made low that I can walk on a path before my king, before God who made me. The fall of Lucifer is predicted in Isaiah 14. It says, How you are fallen from heaven, Lucifer, son of the morning. How you're cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Can you imagine the audacity? Of the devil, I will gain worship over you, God. I'll take your seat. I will sit on the mount of the congregation. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Verse 14 I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. You shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. And those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness? destroyed cities and did not open the house of prisoners? See, the sin of Lucifer really is to desire worship. And maybe we think we don't desire worship. Maybe we think, well, that's him and not me. You know, all along the way, I compare myself with the word and I let it be a mirror to me. I'll let it show me where I'm missing it and, and show me where I'm getting it right and speak life to me. And, you know, we might not Look for worship itself, but how much do we depend on what people think and what people are saying and what people have an opinion of us? If it gets to a point where you just can't even bear to exist without someone's approval, that's, isn't that the same sin as wanting people to, to adore you and worship you? I don't know. I think, too, if we put anything that we want above what God might want and we have idols— In our lives, isn't that the same sin? I mean, God just wants to come in and purify our hearts with his fire and remind us who we are, the beloved of God, you know, and speak some kind of life to us. So when Satan fell like lightning from heaven, where did he go? He came to the earth. I don't know if you knew that. Even if the earth was without form and void, that's where he went. There's, There's a description of this breaking out of a war in the book of Revelation where John wrote that and it says this a war broke out in heaven michael and his angels fought with the dragon the dragon and his angels fought but they did not prevail nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer the great dragon was cast out that serpent of old called the devil and satan who deceives the whole world he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him and then i heard a loud voice in heaven saying now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our god and the power of his christ have come For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, and woe to the inhabitants of the earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows he has a short time. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. He accuses me to you. He accuses you to me. He accuses us to God, before God. And he loves to stir up contention. And he loves to just stir the pot. Not in a good way. He loves for us to feel belittled and broken. He loathes us. He roams around like a lion looking for an opportunity to pounce. If it's possible... He'll destroy us. He judges us continuously. And he reminds us of our failure, of our sin, of our brokenness, and how we can't. That's who he is. He spins a little web like a spider. He's waiting for us to get caught in it so he can wrap us up and maybe eat us later. It's the way that he is. But remember, he is small. We will look at him one day and say, oh, my, I can't even believe that you're the one that did this to me, that you're the one that caused me to live in fear that you're the one that caused me to be insecure and to be off of my game and to not love my people, it'll be a reckoning of epic proportions. Remember Job? Speaking of um, the devil asked if he could sift you, Peter. Remember Job? God even said on that one, have you considered my servant Job? Why would God do that? Why would God offer his servant to be tested and tempted and wounded by the devil. Why would he do that? Job 1.7, the Lord asks Satan, from where have you come? And Satan answered the Lord, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. When I was reading that, I read it a couple times. The, if the devil can't be in the presence of God in heaven, but he's still a heavenly being, you know, a spiritual being. And he's walking to and fro on the earth, see, you know, seeking whom he might be able to devour and God says, where have you been? I could hear like the voice of God, you know, like a, like a bunch of waters and just how beautiful it must have been and how powerful when he spoke. Where have you come from? It probably sounded like, where have you come from? And it was probably amazing. And the devil just stops. And I could see him just panting and broken and, you know, skinny as a rail and just starved for something. And that's the whole thing about wanting approval and wanting affection and wanting attention and looking for praise. It just st- You're starving. He's like skeletal almost, can't even breathe, I'm walking on the earth, back and forth, that's what I'm doing, and that's a, that's a person who is completely discontented, looking for you, and we don't speak these things about fear, we don't, we speak them about awareness, because the devil is alive and well on planet earth, but he only has, get this, he only has authority that you give, because it's yours, remember Jesus, he already died on the cross, He already went into the tomb, left his human body, went into hell, took back the keys of hell and death, shook him in the devil's face, made a horrible earthquake in that moment, came back up, opened every grave when he came back up. It was so powerful. Gave authority back to us that we might live in the fullness of the kingdom of God on the earth. Okay, That's the authority that we have, and the devil doesn't have it, only if you give it. And if you've given it, get it back. And if you accidentally give it to him again, get it back. And every time that it happens, get it back. What is that? Is that a game of, you know, I sin, forgive me, God. No, it's not about that. Authority comes because of who Jesus is, not because of who you are. Authority is Jesus' authority. You have it because he gave it to you. You can't wield anything without him. You're not walking anywhere without him. It's like, it's like if you're in a, in a little grade school situation and a bully is coming after you. But you have a best friend who's big. And he's with you all the time, everywhere that you go. No bully is ever going to put their hands on you, ever. Jesus is like that, more constant than a brother. Mm. Remember in Luke 10, Jesus said, when they were alone, blessed are the eyes that have seen what you see. It's a blessing for you to know these things. Then you don't have to live in a tumultuous, live the same day over and over again, same year over and over again. Call that a life when you're done. No. When you understand and you can see the things that kingdoms have longed to know, kings have longed to know what you know. And why would you know this? This huge, enormous power in this little space of yourself. Why? You have destiny. You have purpose. You have kingdom of God on the inside. You are changers of the universe, changers of every way, of every circumstance, of every situation. And Jesus laid it out for us. Mm. I'll tell you this, the devil, the longer I've known him, and I've known him a while. You know the devil? Yeah, I do. I've had conflict with him over the years. But he's become much more subtle today than he used to be. You know, it used to be blatant. I, I wrote this song, uh, or I wrote down the lyrics to this song. I was gonna skip it, but I'll just, I'll read it to you, just really quick, and then we'll come back to First Peter. This is a song from just a little band you may or may not know, and I edited it for you to be able to take it this morning. But it says this, and tell me if this isn't the pulse of people or what we want, live and easy love and free season ticket on a one-way ride asking nothing leave me be taking everything in my stride I don't need a reason don't need a rhyme ain't nothing I'd rather do going down it's party time my friends are going to be there too I'm on highway to hell no stop signs and that's the truth no speed limit Nobody's going to slow me down. That's right, you're going to go 270,000 miles per hour. Straight down, like a wheel, going to spin it. Nobody's going to mess me around. Hey, Satan, paying my dues, playing in a rocking band. Hey, mama, look at me. I'm on my way to the promised land. I'm on a highway to hell, and don't stop me. man. you know, this is something like, this is one a band that I actually like their guitar, and I like their gruff singer, but that is offensive. Because nobody cares. Like you care right now because we're sitting here, you know. But I'm asking God, what is this glaze that we don't care when we're living through our day-to-day, that we don't care if we fly the F word out of our mouths, our mouths that sing those praise songs to Jesus, and we don't care? What is that? You know, I want to see God come in and, and touch our lives in such a way that we begin to represent him on the earth. And in in as much boldness as we act like on these kind of themes for our lives, that we get to act with that kind of boldness in the name of Jesus, that light would be light. And that as dark as the world gets, we become brighter in who we are and that the devil will not mess with me or mine while I'm alive. Right? Are you with me? Man. Sorry, I'm a little, I'm just tired of him. 1 Peter 5. Cast all your anxiety on him, on Jesus. Don't be fearful when we talk about these things. And Lisa, how am I going to do this? He's going to do it. You're going to agree. Cast all your anxiety on him. He cares for you. Be sober minded and alert. Some of you should just be sober. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in your faith and in the knowledge that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of things and the same kinds of suffering as you are. People need encouragement. They don't need more criticism. People need to be encouraged and empowered by these kinds of messages and these kinds of talks. So what is my part then, you know? I don't want to just. I don't want to bounce back as a leader to business as usual before there was a pandemic. I want to look at you and listen. Do you need me? What can I do to help you? What can I help? What can I do to help you grow in your faith in God that you can live a pure, clean life that you're satisfied with? You're supposed to have a life of abundance, not fear or chaos. We're made in the image of God. We're waymakers through Him. A couple things I thought about. You know, when we are feeling discouraged or displaced or down or like these things I'm talking about are beyond our reach or we just don't care. I've been there, too. But when we have that, we have to shake it up. We have to shake up our routine. Everyone say shake up your routine. routine. we got to make a little change. So that means if you typically exercise one way, maybe you do something different for a while. If you, if you, t- this is the way to cure depression and anxiety as well. If, if you constantly are sitting with your, you know, you're studying and that's what you do and you read, that's what I do. I have to set a little alarm. Make sure you stand up in 30 minutes, go look at the sun, change the routine so that I can feel alive again. And, and a couple things that are specific that I wanted to talk about is prayer and your words, just real quick. In the face of the devil, you know, if you pray and you have a, you have a consistent prayer life, if you already come and sit before God, maybe you stir it up, shake it up, change your routine of how you usually do it. So I've been doing this because I've, I have the discipline of prayer. I have the practice of it. And I think most of us have some sort of way that we approach God. You know, If we believe that God is with us and he's never going to leave us or forsake us, then we probably acknowledge him during the day at some, some point or another. I do that all day long constantly I'm just talking to him and letting him be in my ear. Well, so I've done a couple things to maybe go to the, go to another level in these things with God and there's four types of prayer. I'm going to talk about really quickly. And you can go search them on your own if it's interesting to you. I believe that God'll put it in your heart like if, it, if it's like yeah, yeah, that's not what I need. That's fine. Put that on the back burner. Keep it in your reservoir of knowledge that you might encourage someone else with this. But the first kind of prayer that we can pray is called the labyrinth prayer. And this is where if you look at a labyrinth, if you're, if you're in a garden and it's it, it's garden, you know, it's, it's, um, landscape, you can see the whole labyrinth laid out before you, even if it's the size of this room. But it's short and you're tall so you can see how to get to the middle, right? And so you would pray and monks do this too. You pray in the beginning and you walk to the center of the labyrinth in this side and you're making your petitions and your requests known to God. Things you're desiring for God to do. Things you're looking for from God. And then you hit the center and you have a pause, a sala moment of worship. And then you walk out and you're thanking God for his answers and his resolve. And you're speaking every scripture you can think of. Walking out. That's when you're in a place where I'm confused. I'm, I'm needy. I don't know what to do next. I'm walking in here making my request known. I'm walking out declaring the goodness of God on my life. A labyrinth prayer. You elevate yourself in those kind of labyrinths that become taller than you are. That you make your way through them and you pray until. That's another story for another time. Labyrinth prayers. Secondly, this is the one I've been practicing. This one I'm going to talk about right now breath prayers. So take a breath, breathe out. Okay. This is going to make you aware of your breathing, so it's automatically going to make you calmer. Remember all the names of God that we learned in the last season of Names of God? And we learned a lot of names for Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, God, my provider, Jehovah Rapha, God, my healer, Jehovah Shalom, God, my peace, Jehovah Sid, can you, God, my righteousness, all, all the ones that we learned. okay. And there's many, 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 many other names for God, too, Father, Shepherd, Savior, Messiah, I mean, Deliverer, what you're going to do is pick one for this morning or today. And you breathe it in. So say, this is the one I've been doing. Don't, you don't say anything. This is all going on in your heart between you and God. And you breathe in. Shepherd. And when I breathe out, guide me. And I do that a couple of hours a day. And every time I think of it, I don't have to get in some chair. I have a chair. It's very anointed. People tell me all the time, I love this chair. You know why you love that chair? Because I've prayed in it and I've cried in it and I've begged God for things in this chair and I've read scripture out loud in this chair and I've worshiped in this chair and I've loved in this chair more than you probably want to know. And this chair right here is an anointed thing of God. So that's why you like it. But that too becomes routine and it becomes old. You have to do something to find the fire again and to find the spark that you need between you and God. Maybe you breathe it in. Jehovah Rapha, and you breathe out, heal me. Maybe you breathe in, Jehovah Nisi, show me how to fight. Whatever it is, whatever you need to do, get it from God. That's easy. Everyone can do it. Please do it. Third, there's, there's praying in tongues. Look, we're a Holy Ghost-filled church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in praying in tongues. If you don't believe it in praying in tongues, it's probably because you don't. If you pray in tongues, of course you believe in it. If you've had that experience, you haven't had that experience, I'd love to talk with you about it more. It's only something God can do. It's not anything that I can make happen for you. Only he can do that. But when you can't think of the words, the Holy Spirit knows the words. And if you'll just set a little timer for 30 seconds and just let the Holy Spirit speak through you in anything he wants to say. That's my private life. That's me praying in tongues. I do that at home all the time. I, I'll stand by it. That is a hill I'd probably die on, you know, today. So there's that one. The next one is intercession. If you can't grab a hold of any of these things, they're too simple, and you've got to do something, but you've got to shake up your prayer life and your get-close-to-God life in the face of the devil, maybe you start to pray for somebody else. Maybe you make a little note, and you write down some people's names on it. And you write down next to that, a little dash. And then you write down what you're believing God to do in their lives. And you don't have to go and tell them, well, I believe that the Lord would want to work that arrogance out of your life, sister. No, you don't have to do that. Just take it before Jesus, speak their name before heaven, and watch something lift on you. Why am I telling you all this? Because I know the days. And I know that the time is short. And I know that it seems like the devil, the enemy of our souls, has taken great pains to set us up with social media and distraction. Man, I get it. There's nothing that can bury the kingdom of God. Nothing. Nothing can overtake the name of Jesus. There's no power. There's no thing that is stronger than his name. There's just nothing. And I challenge us and I encourage us to speak it and to speak it out loud. The second thing is about actually speaking Watch what you're saying, you know, because you do become what you behold. And, and as you're moving forward in the earth and the devil's looking to get you, man, he'll get you on your words. You know, they're very powerful. You know, don't be speaking out things that you don't really mean. You know, be careful what you're saying with your mouth. With the mouth of God, he created heaven and earth. And you're made in his image with the same creative power with your words. So create something beautiful. And not something ugly that you're gonna to have to live with. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Speak love. That doesn't mean we don't speak correction and rebuke. We do. We do, especially as leaders and especially in relationship. We have some tight relationships here. We are going to speak rebuke and we are going to risk everything to do that. So please receive it and don't be a wild donkey. Receive the, the goodness of God that would lead you to repentance. Receive instruction, speak instruction. Why do I tell you all that? I want you to fight for your peace and fight for your health and fight for your home. Fight for the people that you love. You know, get yourself in between them and the enemy on purpose and speak their name to heaven. You can do it. You are more than you think you are. This is what I mean when I tell you that you're more than you think you are all the time. Anointed by God, appointed to be his vessel and servant full of the Holy Spirit and power, holding a sword for the love of God. Strike that thing. Take the head of the enemy off if he would dare come near your dwelling with any foul work that doesn't belong to the kingdom of God or that doesn't belong in your life or space in the name of Jesus, right? Ephesians 6, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not about the people. It's the principality behind the person. Torturing them. Somebody you care about. How dare? Mm. Against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Pride come down in the name of Jesus. Lust come down in Jesus' name. Get off of our lives. You don't have a part in us. There's a place where Jesus is talking to the disciples and he goes, I can't talk anymore because the, the prince of the power of the air, the devil's coming close and he has no part in me. You know, we don't have to pray everything we know out loud in front of the devil, but some declarations have to be made. Our fight is with him, with his kingdom, with darkness. And we are gonna win. We are gonna rule. It's getting through. Mm. I want to finish up with this amazing section of Revelation 12, where we read, you know, that the devil is on the loose and his time is short. And we'll pick it back up in verse 13. Now, when the dragon saw the devil, who already declared that the dragon is the devil, had already said that. When he saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Now, every time I say the woman, if you're a woman, I pray that you'll take this personally and that you'll begin to wear the coat that your father made for you and that you'll live as a woman of God on the earth today, making the declaration of God. If you're not a woman, I pray that you would see that this is talking about any person who carries the message On the inside. This is all about the Messiah coming and the gospel being inside of people. It says that the woman was given wings with a great eagle that she might fly to the wilderness to her place. Remember, this is Revelation. But she nourished for a time and times and a half a time. What does that mean? It means that the enemy tries to take me down, but God gives me wings of eagles so that I can fly. I can't fly by myself, and I can't get high by myself, but he can bring me high, and he sends these little wings of the eagle that I can fly up above where the enemy is, and I can be nourished for a day, a day and a half, and another half a day, something like that. Just let it minister to your soul that God is a deliverer. He's never going to let the enemy get a stronghold on you. When your heart is pure, and you're looking to God to be your all in all, he will be. It's pretty powerful. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Well, if he can't get you one way, he'll try another way. If he can't get you while you're on the ground, he'll try to drown you in circumstances and pressure and whatever else he can bring. But God is in charge of that too, and he opens the earth to take all of that out of your, out of your way too, and you keep on going, and you keep on trucking, and you keep on flying, and you keep on soaring, and you drink the water when you need it, but you don't let the water overtake you. Right? Okay, and then the dragon was enraged, as he would be, because he's starving. He's frail. He is like an on-fire skeleton that can never be satisfied. It's starving to death, wanting to eat you, right in your face. And God's like, no way. Okay? The dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God, who have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Well, that would be you, my friends. That would be you, filled with the testimony of Jesus Christ being the offspring of this very church, being my own. You think the devil's not going to mess with you if he messes with me? False. He will. He'll lose. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Don't tread on me. (laughs) Not today, Satan. One more. If you would stand up with me if something deep could just happen in us that looked like and felt like repentance, you know, when Jesus said, Peter, the devil's trying to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. It wasn't very long after that, that Jesus is arrested and taken to the garden and Peter's, you know, standing there and he's trying to just like fit in with the crowd, but he wants to see what's happening with Jesus. But He's so afraid. I mean, he can't speak out. And he's trying to hide in the crowd. And someone says, Hey, I know you. You're one of his disciples. And you guys know the story. He betrays Jesus. I don't know. I don't know him. And he even cusses about it, you know? And there has to be a courtyard situation where Jesus could look across there with just the truth of it in his eyes to catch the eyes of Peter. And it says, Peter went away from there and he wept bitterly. And you know what I'm praying? That we could learn how to weep bitterly that we could be repentant, that we could even be aware that maybe we're doing something to cause things that are happening in our lives not to fall into the grace of God, into the ways of God. What would that be, saints? There's no condemnation. Just look and see and weep bitterly and experience repentance because you know what repentance is? Repentance is a cure for everything that ails you. And you know what else it is? It's contagious. He who has forgiven, been forgiven much, loves much. And once you experience the forgiveness of God, how can you ever go anywhere without extending the forgiveness of God? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We face the devil. We stand behind you and face the devil. And he flees seven ways from us, Lord. Thank you for your protection. Thank you that you prayed for us that we might be one as you and the Father are one. And thank you that you are raising an army and we see you taking ground. And we believe it, God. There is no internet. There is no structure. There is nothing that can bury the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are alive, Jesus. We pray these prayers over an empty grave. And we ask you to reconcile us to you. Forgive us for our sins, God. Forgive us. We know there are many. Would you come and get in the middle of us and show us how to live life to the full that you might be glorified and we might be satisfied and that someone would come to know you in the name above every name, Jesus. Amen. I love you guys. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to like and follow for the next installment of The Loft Podcast. If you want to be a partner with The Loft, you can give on giveify.com. If you need more information, check us out on Facebook or at theloftgathering.com. And of course join us 10:30 Sunday mornings. Hope you have a great week. Till next time.